Welcome to Ice Town Clowns, a podcast reviewing every episode of NBC's Parks and Recreation. I'm Katie. I'm Jacob. And I'm Kirk. Oh, wow. Played it, it straight. I'm never yep. ready for it. <laughs> uh, so this week we're talking about season four, episode 20, The Debate. Um, but before we get into that episode, we received an awesome email from one of our listeners. Yes, Martine Dosa, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. A high school student in upstate New York uh, was sad that uh, we cut Jacob's description of all the Democratic candidates. The joke was he, we didn't actually have him do that because that would be really long and boring. Um, <laughs> but also asked that uh, we give a Democratic 2020 candidate to each Parks and Rec character. And I think that would be really, really hard to do if only because there are so many Democratic 2020 candidates definitely more than there are named characters on the show and i'm wondering can we even name all 24 democratic I, candidates for i am excited? sure i cannot <laughs> so i should get to go first okay we'll just go round robin go ahead katie okay mayor pete all right jacob uh joe biden elizabeth warren kamala harris cory booker uh andrew yang Kristen Gillibrand. Amy Klobuchar. Damn it. <laughs> uh, Seth Moulton. John Hickenlooper. Hey, uh, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Jay Inslee. Oh, okay. John um, Hickenlooper. Yeah, yes, we, we got that one, Jacob. Um, John Delaney. <laughs> oh, man, Beto. <laughs> Beto. Yeah, that's happened in the polls, too. Yeah. Julian Castro. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, uh, Eric Swalwell. That woman that you named when we were talking about this before, who's like the writer, does it count if I don't know her name? <laughs> Marianne Williamson, I'll give yes. you that one. <laughs> Thanks. Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, Tulsi. Uh, uh, oh, we're forgetting a big one. Yeah, I know we are. So I know. We're, we're I'm at, holding it. We're at 17. We're at 17 right now. Uh, Tim Ryan, the congressman Tim Ryan. Wait, so should I not say it? I figured out the big one we're forgetting. Go, should I not say Katie, it? Katie, take it. Snipe him. Okay. Bernie. Uh, uh, that was probably not, not – like my mind wouldn't even make me go there, obviously. Bill de Blasio. <laughs> uh, Wayne Messam. Who? Good answer. <laughs> yep, good answer. We're, we're at 21. We each have to come up with one more. I, I've got it. I got it, guys. Uh, I see the Matrix. I, I'm out. I'm out. I lose. Okay. I can't. I got no one else. Jacob? Steve Bullock. Bullock, yes. Oh, you, Jacob, you know why I refuse to commit that name to memory. I am only here for one Bullock, and that is Sandy. Who? Sandra Bullock? Who? No? Anyway, we'll talk later. What was she running for? She's in an incredible movie called The Lake House that I suggest you <laughs> spend several hours of your life watching. You mispronounced speed. <laughs> uh, you mispronounced speed to cruise control. Um, 
Buttigieg, Biden, Warren, Harris, Booker, Yang, Gillibrand, Klobuchar, Moulton, Hickenlooper, Inslee, Delaney, Beto, Castro, Swalwell, Williamson, Gabbard, Ryan, Bernie, de Blasio, Messam, Bullock. God, we should invent a song. Oh, God, who's... I'm coming up blank. I've got one for the win. Jacob, what do you got? Michael Bennett. Oh. Mm. All I right. saved it. So let's see. 24... 2024, or sorry, 2020, sorry, Democratic presidential candidates, Wikipedia, there we go, Bennett, Biden, Booker, Bullock, Buttigieg, Castro, de Blasio, Delaney, Gabbard, Gillibrand, Mike Gravel. Mike Gravel! <laughs> that's who we forgot. Uh... Oh, I didn't forget Gravel. Okay, well that's who we didn't get to. So there they are, there's the 24... Uh, Democratic candidates for president. I would welcome each of our listeners to think of which candidate goes with which Parks and Rec character, except obviously Elizabeth Warren is uh, Leslie Doe. Yes. We're, we'll, maybe we'll we'll put it out on Twitter. We'll try to uh, create some. <laughs> That'll work. Yeah. Anyways, uh, thank you very much, Martine, for writing in. We appreciate everyone who writes in. We don't always get to read the letters on the air, but we don't always get one from a high school student, so we thought we'd definitely highlight that. Definitely. Yes. Um, okay. So this episode, season four, episode 20, The Debate, it originally aired April 26, 2012. It was both written and directed by Amy Poehler, which I I think there's been one other episode that that is true of. I mean, come on, Amy. You made yourself the main character in this episode. I know, right? Egotistical much? Seriously. Share, share the ball. <laughs> exactly. Um, the summary is the candidates debate on television, Chris, Anne, <laughs> and Tom. Somebody, this, I got this from IMDb and it's like anonymous. So I don't know. They were proud of this yeah. summary. Yeah. Chris, Anne, and Tom act as Leslie's spin team for the media. Meanwhile, oh Ron, April, Donna, and Andy throw a party for Leslie's campaign supporters, but experience a few setbacks in the process. Yeah. So, so much of this episode is how presidential debates work and how no other debate anywhere in the world works, which is interesting. Yeah. I, um, it, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but <laughs> the writers clearly learned like the bare minimum about national politics and then just applied it to this race rather than learning anything about local politics. Um, which, whatever. It's a network TV show. It's fine. But um, there's yet another poll, guys. <laughs> yeah, but we now at least know that the Sweetums Foundation is the one paying for these polls. <laughs> it's, it's interesting they're releasing them to the public, though. <laughs> yeah, true. I guess it's just, it's, it, they're like the Pew Charitable Trust of Pawnee. This is a, it's what they do. We've got the National Gallup poll and the weekly Sweetums poll in Pawnee, Indiana. Yes. <laughs> I forgot. Do we, is this the first time we learn that anybody other than Leslie and Bobby Newport are running in no, this race? No, they flashed a bunch of names up on a screen once a few episodes ago. And I know it definitely included Brandy Max. And I'm just assuming that these other candidates were also right. on there. Right. Gotcha. Um, so... I really enjoy the spin room and especially Chris Traeger in the spin room because 
I feel like what he's doing is a large part of my job where somebody's like, here's 19 negative facts. Go. <laughs> so it just makes me laugh. Agreed. Lot. Though, <laughs> honestly, if Chris as city manager is in the spin room <laughs> for one of the candidates running for city council, it should be every member of city council who wants him fired, not just a handful of unnamed members and probably Bobby Newport. I didn't think about that, but you're very right. It's really, really conflicting and upsetting like, that he's there. How does a reporter not ask that question? That's amazing. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, locally, if that were to be the case. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Oh, good times. Um, so this debate is going to take place in an 800-person auditorium. <laughs> you guys have both done this and prepped uh, many a local candidate. Do you get to sneak in? Um, this is a genuine question. I'm not being sarcastic. No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, what was your question? Do you get you to get... sneak in and practice? You like, don't get to the inspect before. the debate location oh. in advance? Oh, I definitely have done that. Oh, but 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 it's not set up like that, right? It, like, could, it could be 45 minutes before the debate. Yeah, but the other candidates would be around. Yeah, I'm, I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I uh, mean, I've we, definitely had to show up at a debate and discover that, oh, there were supposed to be podiums, but now they have us all sitting at a table. Like, you don't get a lot of practice time yeah. in the well, debate I, room. Well, I will say the, the setup for a debate can matter. Um, we were once told there would be a... Uh, a table with a skirt for one of my debates and I, I was managing a uh, a woman who was running and we showed up and they were in those like high producers chairs oh, um, Lord. and so my candidate was wearing a skirt and like had to spend the like way too much mental energy in the first part of the debate figuring out how to sit in a like in that chair in a correct way and it just like was deeply upsetting that it was a thing like all debates should happen from tables uh i think debate should happen from podiums if possible though a lot of candidates aren't comfortable standing for that long so in that case you should accommodate and put people at a table but i think the debates they need to have a set like in advance known like organization and structure and there needs to be some space for uh candidates to have some paper or notes in front of them because yes. unlike presidential campaigns where we make the presidential candidates go out and debate with no notes, nothing written down, which is just, I don't know, weird. Uh, most debates, you get to have a few notes. You get to have maybe some jotted down ideas for your opening or closing statement. Or if you're kind of a candidate who isn't really all that confident in public speaking, you're running for a minor office, you might actually have some of your stuff written out in advance. Um I mean, every, literally every debate uh, I have gone into, we had a couple of answers already in the can, yes. right? Uh, uh, they do actually do a pretty good job here. We'll get to that later. The the Bobby one coming from the can in a very believable way. But I do want to come back briefly to the, how the hell is this debate happening in an 800-seat <laughs> arena? Like, he's the biggest celebrity in town, I guess. I've I've <laughs> been in congressional major mayoral debates and we were lucky if we had about 40 people show up i you know jacob you think about it the the 2011 debate in the campaign that you and i are on together there were a couple hundred people at the alexandria debate yeah i was gonna say i feel like there are like 
800 is a stretch, but I yeah. have been to a couple where I, yeah, there were a hundred people in the room. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, some of the, some of the city council and state delegate debates in Alexandria fill the main high school auditorium pretty quickly. Yes. But politics is a sport in Northern Virginia <laughs> in a way that it is not literally anywhere else in America. I mean, okay, I, Iowa in, a bit. You interior elites who don't have to care about politics the way we do. Oh, 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 turned it around on you. Oh, yeah, you are I, ready. I, Burn. Yeah, Iowa doesn't give any thought to politics <laughs> or play any role in this shaping the nation's future. No, that's why it's safe to put you there. <laughs> wow. Real on a Sunday morning. Yep. <laughs> okay, so speaking of real, Anne has finally broken up with Tom. We are so close to this plot line being over. So the douche has a new partner on his radio show because the website that um, Tom was playing the, uh, the the clip from wasn't for Crazy Ira and the douche. It was for a show called The Douche and Professor Taint. Oh. I mean, that's how radio works, right? I don't really listen to the radio anymore, but for a long time, I still listened to, like, a local morning show, and it was just, without a doubt, it would change over. There'd be, like, the main guy, and then the people helping him would leave, and every, like, four or five years, it would sort of reinvent itself. So that that makes sense, I guess. Although, who is Nick Kroll? Is he Crazy Ira? Or was he the douche? I, I thought he was. Douche. I thought he was the douche. Okay, then that makes sense. Yeah, because um, so maybe actually he still does his morning show with Crazy Ira, and this is like the evening dating ooh, advice show yes. that this local DJ does. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, because Tom's calling in for romantic advice. Right. <laughs> uh, I also like how we've made a very quick transition from April, like not caring about anything, to we show her caring about dogs, and now all of a sudden she's like. Softy April, who gives Tom real advice and talks about the things she cares about. It's Actually, just... solid, good advice. <laughs> right, right. But I just feel like rather than it happening gradually, it's happened like in a shorter span of time than I remember. Like it's just two episodes in and here we are. So what this was meant to do was it was meant to be a foreshadowing of the last two seasons of Game of Thrones when major character development and plot points move at an unrealistic and compressed speed compared to how you're used to the story developing. I do feel as though this entire episode should have prepared us better for 2016 and on, so that makes sense. Yep. Um, <laughs> can, can, can we talk for a second about the Ben and Leslie in the in the auditorium, their final moments, like, as they're prepping for the debate. So every candidate is different, and how you manage them and, and psych them up is different. But please, people, for the love of God, don't tell people they're definitely going to win and destroy their opponent. Like, expectation setting is a real thing. And, like, I actually find it, as somebody who works in a, in a competitive industry, it's actually usually unhelpful when people dismissively say oh you'll win oh yeah no, um, it's the worst it, it, this happens in my job a lot be, let me tell you about a friend of mine named hillary um well because it it it, it creates a kind of pressure that is not yeah. helpful yeah that, um I, I i actually look ben knows his 
girlfriend better than any of us, uh, obviously, but that's not just, that's just, that's not advice I would give any candidate ever heading into the debate. Uh, no, I never tell people that they're definitely going to win, even if it's a case where I cannot envision a world in which 12 jurors say guilty. I am always preparing the person to lose because of this exact thing. My my least favorite kind of case to try is one where everybody's like, oh, you're definitely going to win because then the, there's so much extra pressure. Um, it's terrible. Uh, okay. Oh, Chris Traeger decides that he's back into Anne. So I couldn't remember how this shook out. So my note here, which obviously doesn't make a lot of sense by the time the episode is over, but it's just like, could we just let Anne not be involved with a man yes. for like one fucking second? Like, it's unbelievable. No, there's a, there's, there's a waiting queue for opportunities to date her. Apparently. And... <laughs> No, it just, it, it was very frustrating to me. I mean, they, they kind of hit on the right thing at the end of the episode, which makes sense because Amy Poehler wrote it. And so I could see Amy Poehler being like, we have to take this character and do something with her that's not related to dating. Um, but yes. it's, it's annoying here. They've um, completely lost any idea of what to do with that character. Yes. And... They're just sort of shuffling her around from plot to plot to see if anything sticks. I, I yeah, and, and the continual reference to Chris's weird dating rule. Chris's dating rule is called the law. Uh, no, it's not. It's, yeah, no, it's not. not. You you are allowed to date people that you work with. You have to have a procedure for disclosure and yeah. safeguards for the rights of the less powerful person in the position. But that's not a law, Jacob. Chris, Chris. As as Anne's boss attempting to pressure her into a relationship. Oh well, yeah, that's in, that's inappropriate. But it's also still not against the law. Just to be clear, like constitutionally, you can do whatever you want. But well, I didn't think it was in Article rules. Two. I didn't think it was in Article Two. But like, presumably, it should be a part of the Pawnee Municipal Code that directs supervisors in the government are allowed to attempt to force their subordinates to date them. Eh. I guess. <laughs> Katie's take let's, on the law. Yeah, let's, let's not go down this road. I, I just, I want Katie's next defense trial to be, eh, come on. Okay. Literally, like, most of my trials are me <laughs> just standing up there going, come on. Your Honor, K- Katie Beatty, for the defense... Um, no one is actually ever guilty of anything. <laughs> I rest. Something I argue quite a bit. I don't know why you guys are mocking it. It sounds and, fine. And, and the thing you are least guilty of is this thing that you clearly did. Right. right. Um, yeah. Do I, do I say social contract once every other day? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't I know. I mean, who doesn't? Right. What else do you talk about when drinking with friends? True. Um... So, speaking of drinking with friends, April and Andy pretend to be rich at this fundraiser, which is obviously not full of quote-unquote rich people anyway, but... The economy. The economy is a great line that should be memed more, if we're being honest. (laughs) Where is that meme? Because I'd like to use it. 
Yes. Uh, but they forgot to pay the cable bill, so there will be no watching of the uh, debate, which I think would also be available over the air. So if surely, only... surely Ron carries an antenna of some sort in his truck. Right. If, if only the, the people at this debate knew about YouTube TV. YouTube TV, uh, no contract uh, TV subscription service that allows you to watch TV streamed over the internet. I was just thinking, remember uh, when we first better. started and we did fake ads? Yes. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh, we stopped doing that. So there's this hilarious podcast and each episode is like three or four minutes long. It's done in like the, the sort of investigative podcast genre style called Whatever Happened to Pizza at McDonald's. Oh, yeah. And, and and the guy who did it used to start every episode with, you're listening to Whatever Happened to Pizza McDonald's, a Panoply podcast. <laughs> Until the people from Panoply emailed him and told him to stop doing that. <laughs> and, and then you had a whole episode where he's trying to figure out how he came to, uh, to believe that he was part of the Panoply network when he wasn't. <laughs> It's a one-joke podcast that's lasted about 180 episodes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and literally, most episodes are just him calling McDonald's and asking whatever happened to pizza. <laughs> that's and it's, it is hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. So, yeah. That's amazing. Anyways. Uh, Leslie's pump-up music is Sarah McLachlan, which is really fucking dark, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sarah McLachlan was actually just like... A popular positive singer back then not the singer who told you that dogs were gonna die no that's not true no 2012 that commercial that commercial's been around since like like 1999 it's not just that it isn't she doesn't she sing in one of the buffy episodes yes the one of she sings in the season two finale as yeah. buffy is like getting on the bus it is uh yeah, it's it's like a I get it. It's a joke because it's like slow music, but it's honestly something that ought to be explored a little more. <laughs> Katie's take: Leslie might be a sociopath because yeah, no, of this. Seriously, I'm to, concerned. I I don't remember. Was Katie McLaughlin singing in the arms of the angel, <laughs> of an angel as Buffy no, suffered no, over no. the death of Angel? It was no. a different one. It's um. I can't remember the name of it, but it's a it's a like if song. if if you hear it, Katie will be triggered. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not. <laughs> if you put in the audio clip in, I will not listen to this episode. Eh, that's how all teenage romances feel when they end. It's true. All right. So uh, they they did the little "I love you" and "I like you" exchange, right. which is always adorable. And then they go out to face the the formidable moderators of this debate wait i have to say something do people sing the national anthem before debates no no been... okay yeah i didn't think so in america we reserve that for sporting events right 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 things that people actually care about um yeah so who are formidable moderators sorry purd and joan newly single, newly single. <laughs> this is the first time we've seen them together, I believe. Yeah, so I think, I don't know if this cinches that they're on the same network or that they are competing network right. like anchors. Who each got a person, uh, yeah, representative. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Ben talks to Jen in the wings and she talks about the ex very real expectations game that she has played well here, where there's kind of almost no way for Bobby Newport to lose 
Except, of course, this is a city council race, and these people have maybe 8% name ID. So. Yep. Not, not in this universe, my friend. <laughs> I, Bobby Newport's name ID might be higher, but probably it, it's just the Newport net part. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we beat the other candidates, finally. Buddy Garrity! Oh, I'm so happy Buddy Garrity is here. <laughs> Lester Trim, the man who sells your guns at the Gun Believable Gun Emporium. <laughs> I I just love this actor. He's always the same person. He does it so well. His portrayal of Buddy Garrity on Friday Night Lights is just iconic. Both show and movie. He's yes. so good in the movie yes. they brought him back. Yes. It's just great. Um, and Brandy Max. Oh, always good. Uh, and then I totally forgot about this other guy, the, uh, the Jay Inslee of this race. No? Do we have to delete that? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, it should be, um, it should be pointed out, though, that, uh, Brad Leland, actually, his career goes well from here because he runs against Selena Meyer as the Republican nominee for president in Veep. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, he really, uh... Eddie ties. With he her. propels this to the national stage. Yep. Um, but yes, animals are important as people. And, yes. Uh... I will fight for animals as though they were my own children. Brandy Max, who produced and starred in over 400 adult films this year alone. Woo! And just And just like Leslie, she knows what it's like to be the only woman in a room full of men. So I have this note later, but I... I'm not sure that I love this joke. Like, they don't... I get it, kind of, but it starts to just feel like they're sort of like, ha-ha, Leslie's like a porn star. But I don't really no, understand the, like... I don't that's really not how I take the, the joke. joke. That's not how I take... I take the joke as Brandy is so fake that she's literally just running as Leslie. Like, down at the mm, same outfit. Okay. And 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 I think it's also the way that I think a bit the joke is the way that women candidates are always compared to each other. Right. And if they don't really have a lot in common, right? Like, you know, like no super deep takes, but like Elizabeth Warren and and Hillary Clinton are not the same person, right? No. There's there's, there's real distinctions between the two of them, and yet that's a comparison we hear literally all the time that has never really made any sense to me. Right. Okay, I take it back. Both of you make compelling points there. And then, I mean, it can hit you differently, but that was how the joke landed to me. Yeah. Right. Um, Paul Rudd, I mean, he does a really good job. He does a good job all season. But, like, his delivery of these just, like, sound bites where he's just saying nonsense, but it's played as, like real truth from the candidate is just spot on. I guess my thoughts on abortion are, you know, let's just all have a good time. Paul Paul Rudd is actually pretty good here. I think he makes Bobby Newport too good. Well, okay. So, Paul Paul Rudd is an excellent actor, and his character here just has to be attractive and charming, right. which is just not fair. Like, of course he's going to nail this role. <laughs> Right, he could have played this role at any time from 1990 to today with that, and had the same age at any point. <laughs> this because is true. somewhere there is a picture of Paul Rudd that yes. doesn't look good. 
Yeah. Definitely. Um, but all his lines, they're just... It's really hard to watch this in 2019. Like, the... Yeah. I want your vote because I want Pawnee and my dad to see what I'm made of. And it just... Like a lot of things, what was funny in 2012, because we are just lightly poking fun, has become so real and dangerous now that it's kind of hard to enjoy it. Oh, oh, oh. This question comes from Twitter. Apparently that's something that happens now. Oh, oh, innocent world of 2012. (laughs) I had the same note. I was like, oh, it's just not funny. Uh, yeah. I'm against crime, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> Way to I, lose my vote, Bobby. Way to lose my vote. Uh, I, I do like, uh, I, I do love Ben during the debate the whole time, but like Ben is far more composed here than I am at any moment during a debate. Yeah. I cannot be around people. Like I need to be in a secure location where I can explore the space around me. <laughs> so and... in, in 2014, when my boss was running for re-election, I was in my normal mode during the debate, which was I was in the hallway outside of his line of sight, but in audio reach of the of the debate, walking in a small, tight circle, grousing about how he could have answered questions better. <laughs> and someone from the other side claimed that I was like, telling Mark the answers via radio. No, no, I was just very angry the entire time because that is my natural state during a debate because I just want to grab them and control them and make them say it like I would. Uh, Let's be clear, like I imagine I would. I would not be good up there. Oh, no, right? It is so easy to to nail a debate performance from, you know, two rooms away. Yeah, yeah. It is really hard when you're actually up there and with the lights and the pressure and the people. Yeah. So. I, I, can, 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 can we talk a little bit? Have you ever had a debate with a halftime? No. No. This is there's again, a halftime? That ha- yeah, they, there's like they're, 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 they're clearly oh, in a commercial yeah, yeah. break and they're all talking. This does happen in like televised presidential debates, but it does not happen yeah. in real debates. Yeah, have never had one where we had like a, a you know, a, two-minute timeout for for network uh or, or and, and 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 if we did i i mean i've actually had a i've had debates where we had to go to commercial break for for like a mayoral debate before but they didn't let they didn't let me go talk to my candidate right. during right. the intermission yeah every every once in a while something will happen in a trial where you take a break and sometimes like a long break between like a direct examination and a cross examination. And I always feel like, like I'm cheating when that happens because it's like, I get to listen to the person's direct and then have multiple hours to go prepare my cross. Like, and it's, it's very exciting. So, and it does, it feels like cheating. Um, okay. Another line in the debate that did not, age well that was probably pretty funny in 2012 is Leslie to be clear I was in favor of closing the borders bookstore not the border to Mexico yes and it's not funny because bookstores are now dead right first of all yes that <laughs> on so many levels it's right. not funny like borders was probably already on the ropes when this episode aired they did not need Leslie dunking on them like that um 
Andy acts out Roadhouse. Yes, Andy acts out Roadhouse. Donna's face. So moved. Unreal. Like, it, I was one of the rare times that I laughed out loud. Like, uh, I don't know. That was just a good, good line read by Retta. Yes, yes. And, 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 and compelling, compelling, uh, like, performance by the attractive white male, you know, giving him plaudits for, for being, you know. Yes. Know. yes. This yes. scene could have not worked very hard, and right. it is only it because Chris Pratt is yes. so, so good. So likable. Yeah. Um, and, uh, wait, hold on, sorry. We've, we've talked about so many of my notes out of order here. Uh, wait, is this the first? Sorry, I hate to yeah. interrupt. Is this the first episode where we have multiple Avengers? No. No. I mean, because Paul Rudd's been in it for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't think that Paul Rudd and um, they're, they're ever on the, in the same room together. So there's no continuity error with the Marvel Universe. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's another line that Leslie says, which is, How is he winning? Everything he's saying is nonsense and it's fooling them. <laughs> like. Again, that was funny okay. in 2012. It hurt. <laughs> um, and, oh, Leslie's really into funding the police, which she and I will talk about later. It's her number one priority. Well, it's amongst her number one priorities. And, you know, you, you, you do want people to respond when people's houses are broken into and stuff. Mm, sure. Um... <laughs> let's see oh sorry this is just more of the same topic he wants to run this town like a business no oh my god the the quickest way to get me to not vote for you for any office is to suggest that any government agency should be run like a business we need to solve problems not play politics (laughs) and so uh, he then threatens that his family is going to have to move the Sweetums factory to Mexico so Obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you've watched The West Wing multiple times, and people often talk about how season seven of The West Wing, which aired before the Obama candidacy, seemed so present. Like, is that the right word? (laughs) Whatever. You know what I mean. Seems like it predicted Obama. Yes. I feel like we should talk about how this season and this episode seem to really predict Trump in a way that uh, I don't think it's talked about as much as it should. Because it's the comparison... Uh, except that Bobby Newport is so much nicer and um, better looking than Trump. Well, and I think that's, yes, that's probably why the comparison isn't made more, but the lines in this episode in particular are tough to ignore. Um, and hard because I think the writers wrote it as like this is so ridiculous this is us taking little seeds of what's happening to the extreme and it's funny because we'll never get there and here we are oh summer child Um, Ron goes to try to steal the cable from the power line I love the little song he sings to himself (laughs) I am a for the county. <laughs> yeah, you Again, he, an aerial would have fixed this problem legally. 
but okay. I I, I do have a uh, I do have a question uh, or or I I Katie, would you vote for a candidate who made adaptations of books being more accurate in their movie form uh, their number one issue? Would that make you more likely to vote for them? Yes. Every book I every movie I've been in has been based on a book. <laughs> It's sort of like um, John Lovett making all the 2020 candidates talk about Daylight Savings Time. I would become a single-issue voter on that, <laughs> and I might on the book issue as well. Uh, I mean, Daylight Savings Time is an abomination. Well, so Daylight Savings Time oh, no, no, is no, no, no. right. The, the, clock, the clock switching, you're correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should be on permanent DST. Daylight. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, I'm happy. I mean, <laughs> weirdly, Donald Trump on my side here <laughs> but yeah yes now right but when the, when the time comes i know that's true, yeah. that's true. wait 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 trump's on trump's on a, the side of eliminating daylight savings time no, no but making uh, it permanent making it permanent uh, or uh, okay eliminating standard time right yeah no he is he's like come out in favor of it you know what you know what politics makes strange bedfellows yeah this should be something where there is broad bipartisan consensus yes yes agreed um, so we get to the closing statements of the debate and Leslie, who had who was pulling her punches from Bobby Newport because he was doing so well and she couldn't really figure out what to do. And then she tells Ben that she can uh, she can kill him. And Ben says, go do it, which I, don't know. I, I agree with you, Jacob, this whole like them being allowed to talk and him sort of being like, go hard, now go soft, now go hard. It's like eh, that would be very difficult. It's not a life. boxing match. Right. Uh, also, cut me, Mick. Cut me. Also, um, the candidate wanting to go negative from an emotionally frustrated place. That's never a good idea. It's never going to go well. Um, I, you know, I, I, there, there was, I mean, I'm sure Kirk, Mick, Kirk and I could both tell a million war stories about this. Um, but, like, I wrote a... Um, you know, I always had, a, you know, an, if we're attacked, here's, you know, where we're going to go answer. And in, in one debate, my candidate just got frustrated and broke the glass and broke it out out of nowhere. And I remember just sitting there being like, yeah, no, we can't give you nuclear codes ever because this was the only like this was the only in response attack. Um, and, and sometimes they get emotional and just want to hit. I mean, don't we all? Yes. Um, but so Leslie does kind of say the perfect thing about corporations are not allowed to dictate what a city needs. When you love something, you don't threaten it. When you love something, you take care of it. And I forgot about us assigning different characters to the 2020 candidates but I just want to say that I think you all know that there is a particular candidate that I think would have given this answer and that is a lot like Leslie and I wrote his name down on my paper but I won't talk about it but just so that you know it reminded me of him. Look I like Steve Bullock too. (laughs) This does feel very much of 2012 right this is Democrats are gearing to gearing up to run against Mitt Romney, who'd famously said, "Corporations, people, my friend." This this little bit 
very much feels of that moment. Yes. Um, and then... I Or Leslie going after a company named after a, let's say, unnamed rainforest in South America. And then Paul Red gives, I don't know, it's hard to say this is his best line, but I don't, this is just a, one of my favorite moments. <laughs> Holy shit, Leslie, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's when you lose the election, when you do things like that. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's so good. I feel like it was maybe almost ad-libbed, like, the right. way that he does it. Um, well, I... I think what we're getting at here is that as soon as he moves off his written by Jin talking points, he's just back to being a puppy dog. Yes. Yes. Um, and then in the spin room, Anne turns Chris down and won't go back out with Tom. So at least we have one tiny five minutes where we're maybe not going to define Anne by who she's dating. But she indicates she might get back together with Tom. Right. The less said about that whole plot line, the better. Right, right. I genuinely don't remember. I mean, I remember what happens to Anne in the end, but I don't remember, right. like, kind of this part. So I I don't know where we're going. But So correct me if I'm wrong, but Chris was brought into Pawnee. Yeah, Chris was brought into Pawnee to fix the budget problem the city was having so you would assume that he has some some facility with numbers yet in the spin room he tells reporters one of these candidates is right for this town and one of them is not there are five candidates so what's he saying about the other three <laughs> that they yeah. don't even matter and they were put up on the stage for comedic value i'm just saying he's giving no clarity as to who voters are supposed to think is the right candidate for this town Right. Yes. Agreed. I mean, also, it's hard to argue with her. I, I, I do love that Bobby Newport scored in the Indiana State Lacrosse Championships. <laughs> uh, do we have any idea why Jerry was watching the debate with a group of very, you know, peaceful looking nuns? No, but I loved it. <laughs> I love that it's not explained. I love that it's the only <laughs> shot of him in the entire episode. I like, and that he probably got paid to be in it. I love everything about it. Or there was a whole plot line that then when it came to editing the episodes, they just cut it all out and not one scene was left in. He's in the uh, opening credits. He gets paid every episode no matter what at right. this point. Well, then you might as well use him. I agree. Um, yeah. Party at my dad's lake house. Bring whoever you want. <laughs> I hope she went. I mean, just right. go for it. Right? Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah, it does sound fun. Um, also, I would watch a web series of just Chris Pratt acting out movies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that didn't happen, but... His version of, I think that was Rambo 2. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Sounded a lot better than the real version. <laughs> I like. I, I really wish we had gotten his babe. Yeah, me yeah. too. Me too. Well, I like that he's doing Rambo in one shot, and then a, a couple minutes later they cut back to him, and he's now crying and somber. It's like, you know, that could that could also be the end of Rambo. It's true. It's true. Um, cool. Well, this is a pretty iconic episode, and it didn't 
disappoint. I didn't watch it and be like, you know, it's not as good as I remember. Like, no, nope. it's, it's just as good yep. as I remember. Yeah, it it is Bartlett's debate in his run for re-election. Good, it is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I think at some point, probably not this episode, but we should have a conversation about where this election and and campaign ranks in our in our kind of list of favorite fictional campaigns uh, on TV. Uh, just on TV There's, because there've been there've been there've been some compelling elections in movies as well, like when uh, Senator Palpatine replaced Chancellor Valorum as leader of the galaxy. I thought that was well written and compellingly acted. I think we're gonna have to extend it to movies because I feel like there's in TV there's like four. <laughs> so like. Fair enough. And <laughs> Christina Braverman's will always be one. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. No way. Number one, all the way. Um, um, yeah, uh, we can... but, but Jacob hasn't even seen the episodes of Riverdale that deal with the mayoral election, so how could he possibly... <gasps> oh, that's right. Man, I take it back. This discussion. There's way more than I thought. <laughs> Yeah, there there is more than you thought. There are very few good. That's what you that's, got wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's I was thinking of the good ones. You're right. <laughs> uh, that would be a fun exercise. Actually, we should do that. Like All there's right. one of the Gilmore Girls. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, cool. Well, um, if you want to write to us, you can always write us at icetownclowns at gmail.com and we try to address some of them when we can um if not on the air then we always try to to write you back you can tweet at us especially with who you think ought to um be the character mashup oh my goodness sorry everyone character mashups of the 2020 uh election you can tweet at us at icetownclownpod you can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash icetownclowns, or you can always go to our website, www.icetownclowns.com. So two years ago today, as we record this, we actually published the first episode of the second season on our podcast. So here we are about two seasons later, and we're rolling towards the end of the fourth season. We only have two episodes left, so join us in two weeks for Bus Tour, the 21st episode of the fourth season. And we look forward to discussing that episode with you. And yeah, while you're out there on the web watching the show, please leave us a review at the Apple Podcast Store or find us on Stitchers, Google Podcasts, Spotify, basically all of them now. Anyways, thanks for listening. You've been listening to Ice Town Clowns, a podcast about parks and recreation that we are at the end of. And that ends. Excuse me.